What's up, everybody? We're back here for episode 48 of the Pitside Podcast. We've got a great interview for you this week with Buddy oh, Two, yeah. and he's brought his friend Dean Reynolds. <laughs> so we'll talk to both those guys here in just a few minutes. Let's get started. Welcome to the Pitside Podcast, where we discuss the latest news and developments in the Coast to Coast Racing League, as well as other racing news inside and out of iRacing. Here's your host, the ALA outlaw, Preston Cranmer, and Roger, the Bassman, Craig. Yep, so we're back. Like I said, it's episode 48. We are creeping ever close to that special episode 50. We've teased that we're going to have some, uh, some big goings-ons for the, uh, the 50th episode. I think we probably ought to try to start figuring out what those are going to be. <laughs> yeah, that's what little, I was just thinking. <laughs> getting a little too close, but uh, it's it's been exciting. You know, it's uh, we've had a lot of good episodes, a lot of good interviews, and we got a really great one this week. We're going to talk to Dean Reynolds of uh, the Super Dirt Car Series and the Empire Super Sprints here in a little bit. But before we do, uh, Roger and I are wearing orange shirts tonight. That yeah. was actually planned. It wasn't an accident. And uh, I'm going to let Roger tell you a little bit about why we did that tonight. Yeah, so uh, we're recording this on Thursday night, which is uh, September 30th. And September 30th in Canada, uh, for a while now, has been Truth and Re Reconciliation Day. Um, what that means, it, it's uh, it, it's an admission by the government or whatever, an apo the apology for the way the natives uh, that were treated, um, you know, uh, back in the day and... Uh, um, and then with the uh, with all the residential school stuff that came out, where you know they're finding all these bodies buried, uh, you know hundreds, and we think it, it'll end up being thousands. Uh, the Truth and Re Reconciliation Day uh, took on a, a much huger uh, stature, and uh, it's much more meaningful, I think, to non-natives as well. Uh, obviously, it is to, to natives, but to non-natives. And um, so one of the uh, indicators of support is to wear an orange shirt. And it's kind of hard sometimes to find an orange shirt. I've got my East Bay uh, uh, Winter National shirt on. Uh, and I and I really appreciate uh, Preston, you, uh, you know, uh, putting one on today to uh, support the cause. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, that's something that we talked a little bit about with Derek Miller, uh, not this day specifically, yeah. but we're, we will yeah. have some things coming up that will be related to uh, the same kind of uh, uh, project, I guess. Uh, yeah, and I did I did went, go to the back of my closet and found these one Columbia <laughs> uh, orange fishing shirt that I had. I'm in the shed. Uh, it's starting to cool off this time of year, so I'm, I'm freezing my tits off here. But... Uh, but it's a worthy cause, and I'm happy to do it. So uh, no, that's great. And, and, and yeah, we plan on doing something significant. <clears throat> we were planning on doing it this season. I I'm not sure we will because we've got the um, Kyle Parker's dad's uh, charity race coming up yeah. uh, this this next week, and that's kind of that that's kind of taking place of uh, the, the uh, Every Child Matters, uh, and we've got the veterans at the end. So I, I think we're probably going to do it in the winter season now but we want to do it right that's the other part is we don't want this to be just like a little casual thing we want to do it right and do a, a good recognition of what it's about and and if nothing else to educate people um because you know the the problem isn't just here it was you know the the, the whole plan uh that uh, was introduced here for these residential schools was basic on an american plan so you know there's lots of skeletons in closets everywhere and um i, th I think it's just uh, a, a way of acknowledging and 
I think it can be, uh, you know, educational as well. So, um, anyways, that that's what the, the the shirts are about. That's why we were wearing orange. And uh, uh, and again, I appreciate that, uh, Preston. Preston, uh, when I said I was wearing an orange shirt, he just and he knew why and uh, just jumped on board. So uh, that was great. Uh, the four crowns is over and completed. You know, I never got there. I saw lots of pictures. Uh, tell that oh, I watched it. I, you know, I, I watched them all live, and uh, could you know share the emotions of the different moments in the races uh, with you guys. But uh, tell me, tell me about it, buddy. Man, we we had a great time. Uh, we didn't we didn't get to really catch up with anybody from the league, which was the one really disappointing part. Um, but we did see Braden Fensel. So Braden Fensel was in the pits. Uh, and he came up to greet us after. So, unfortunately, the team he was with did not make the feature uh, on Friday night. And so he, he wasn't able to, to, you know, stick around. And I think they'd had a pretty rough night. So uh, he did come up there. We were kind of in the midst of a crowd. So we got to wave at him from a distance. He couldn't really get to us and some of the racing was going on. But uh, we at least got to see him. But uh, Joe and uh, Joe, Joe Backus and Terry Landis and I, my dad went. And uh, Joe's wife, Jana, was there as well. Uh, we had a great time. Uh, Dad and I set off pretty early Thursday morning and, and drove through the mountains of West Virginia. Uh, we I told uh, told somebody at my office they were suggesting some route I should take, and I said, no, I'm just sticking in the GPS. I'm going to get there as fast as I can. Well, I'm pretty sure it, it took me the route that they were telling me. Uh, we were very quickly off on a road that was about a car's width wide, going through the climbing the mountains, and I'm talking switchbacks back over and over again. And um, so we got up, got up the mountain pretty good and started coming down. And I should mention uh, it had poured rain that morning. So we were both pretty wet and, uh, and cold. And, and it was still raining a little bit. It wasn't pouring as bad. So we start coming down the mountain. And, uh, and my brakes started heating up a little bit. And I must have hit a puddle or something and warped a rotor <laughs> in my truck. So that made things a little bit challenging. It wasn't too bad. It only really affected me when I was really getting into the brakes. But um, so that that was a little bit uh, touch and go there for a little bit. But we got out to Eldora, beat uh, beat Joe and Terry there by about uh, I want to say four and a half hours. So that's uh, typical. You know, I'm usually pretty far in front of those guys. So uh, so that. <laughs> But we got there. We had this. We stayed. We did an Airbnb. We stayed in this uh, beautiful lodge. It was like a hunting lodge, and uh, and kind of bunked together. Joe and Jana had their own room, of course. But uh, the rest of us just kind of bunked together and had a good time. So we uh, we got out to Eldora, and I have to tell you, I was when we were planning for the event, I I didn't expect a lot, right? Because you're seeing like you know their wooden bleachers, and then where we got seats were like concrete tiers. And and so I was I was just kind of expecting the facility part at least around the track. I know it's a, a you know a top tier dirt track to to be um, just you know kind of average, right? But it, it it absolutely was not. I love the concrete tiered seating, sitting in bag chairs. It's just a little bit more comfortable. You got a back, arms on your chair, cup holders. You know it really worked out pretty well. And um, all the amenities were great. Easy to get in and out of the pits. They got a tunnel underneath the underneath the track so if you want to go in and we didn't but if you want to go in and out during the races you can do that there's no you know nobody to stop you um and then and there was tons of places to get food and let me tell you the beer is cheap two dollars a beer uh they also had something called toilet water as apparently joe drank a lot of those things it's a really girly drink but he was drinking a lot of those uh so that that was fun so 
the racing was fantastic. Obviously, um, I, I won't go. I won't go into that. I think most people have probably seen the seen the results or whatever. I did. I did call the winner and hard charger Friday night. Uh, so I was pretty proud of that. I'm a big Justin Peck fan, and he started at the back, so I called him Hard Charger, and sure enough. But uh, Saturday night, we're sitting at the track. You know, it was actually getting kind of late into the event, and Joe, Joe is on this mission, clearly, to get rid of all his snacks. He didn't want to take anything home with him, so he just starts giving stuff away. Like, just, here, have this, have this. You know, he's eating. He brought <laughs> a metric ton of Galen's popcorn, which was delicious, but... I don't care if you got diverticulitis or not. One cannot eat but so much popcorn, right? You just can't do it. So we had a lot of popcorn left over. And uh, so so we're sitting there, and he had this bag of pull-and-peel Twizzlers. So he decides he's going to give these out, and he's just passing one down. He takes one out of the bag. Here you go. So about the same time, I guess Terry got clunked by a piece of clay that had popped up off the track. Nothing big, you know, just about that size. And he had rolled it up, and he, he went to... so. I should tell you, the way we're sitting is ter we're facing the track this way. Terry's here, my dad's here, I'm here, Joe, and then Jaina. So Terry catches this thing and rolls it up. And so he just kind of holds his hand out to my dad. It's like shaking his hand. So dad takes it, and it's just a clump of dirt. And he's like, I don't want this. So Terry's like, I'm going to pass it down. So dad gives it to me. And I'm like, why? <laughs> and so he goes, well, give it to Joe. So Joe's in the process of passing out these pull and peel twizzlers. So Joe is handing me one. So as I took it, I took the I had the dirt in my hand and I took the twizzler from him and dropped a piece of dirt in the palm of his hand and he didn't even notice. He paid no mind. He didn't notice at all that I'd put anything in his hand. And apparently he thought he had a piece of popcorn in his hand and he popped the son of a bitch right in his mouth. <laughs> and he he took a couple of chews and spits it out and looks over at all of us and we're on the I mean almost falling out of our chairs and I mean he he was a little frustrated at first but then he realized and we're going we we had no idea because I looked at as soon as he put it in his mouth I looked out at Terry and Terry and my dad go like because we didn't know what was gonna happen and he he didn't swallow it and we all thought he was gonna swallow the big chunk of clay but he just spit it out i'm telling you it was one of the funniest things i've ever seen we had a great time i i will say our airbnb host ended up being uh pretty terrible uh, I, i'm not gonna get into all of that but they they were they were on us about every little thing the whole time they actually went into the house while we weren't there and moved some coolers around which my understanding is they're not even technically allowed to do that but uh we got through it we just kind of played it cool and and didn't didn't mess with them too much but uh had a very similar situation on drive home told dad hey we need to take a different way because i don't want to get stuck on that road again so we we did take a much wider road home but it was still uh, every bit of a hill climb i told dad at one point i was like i'm is mount washington in, in west virginia because i'm i'm pretty sure this is it but uh, <laughs> turns out that's not true but we had a great time the racing like i said was fantastic i love the non-wings it's the first time i've ever seen non-wings race on dirt i've seen obviously the silver crowns at richmond before but uh it's it's really something seeing them guys get that far sideways but still totally in control of the car and they put on a great show every every division put on a great show uh tyler courtney was was really the fan favorite right he ran every single division that they had so saturday night was really special because frankly he had a shot at each at each division uh and he, he didn't win the first one so that kind of went out the window uh i think he did win i think he won the he finished 
He finished second, though, I think, didn't yes. he? Yes, yeah, he had yeah. A, he had a great run. There there were a few yeah. guys doing that. I think he was the only run, one running all four on Saturday. But uh, Eldor is a fantastic track. If, if you can get out there, I highly recommend it. Uh, there, I mean, just being there for two days was worth the trip. It was it was great racing. Everything's easy to get to. You know, it's it's a class a class track for sure. So it was a good time. So a, a question, and maybe this is sound corny. I don't know, but I know it happens to me. Like when when you got to Eldora and you're sitting there looking, like did, did you get emotional at all? I, you know what? There were several moments, and e- even Saturday after we'd spent hours and hours there, like you know, you, you're just sitting there and you're like. Man, I'm at I'm at freaking Eldora. Like, yeah. how how does yeah. this even happen? You know, yeah. it, it was just such a you know we drove a long way to get there, but it it, it was special. And, and you know, I I will say the the racing wasn't anything that you you wouldn't have gotten somewhere else. But there's just something about it. You know, it's it's well the, the fireworks. You know, the fireworks alone is just spectacular. So. I'm glad you mentioned that too. It was something that I thought was really cool. The Silver Crown cars raced last on Saturday. It's a longer race. They run a 50 lap feature. And they actually start the fireworks show with one lap to go. So they took the white flag. I don't know if that was an accident or on purpose, but I, I have a video of it. It's not, it's not real great. But they, the white flag dropped and the fireworks started going. So them guys are still screaming down the backstretch. And their fireworks are going off up above it. It was, it was awesome. It was really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's still on my bucket list, so... Um, well, it won't know, be the last time I get there for sure. It was it was an awesome trip. Yeah, well that's that's awesome, man. And yeah, uh, yeah we'll be, I'm sure we'll be talking about that. You know, different things over time. But the the old uh, the mud the mud uh, licorice. Uh, it's Joe Dirt. It just <laughs> hit me. Joe Dirt. He's Joe Dirt. He's got. An, we talked Dirt. about that while we were there. How many nicknames he's had? But uh, Joe Dirt might stick too. So we'll see. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay. Um, Weekly feature winners. So, you know, we've got the, the stickers are in. Uh, uh, so, Bob, the good that they've been delivered. Um, my understanding is they look pretty spectacular. So, uh, the one thing he's, he said, I've got the stickers, I've got envelopes, I've got stamps, I just need the names. So, uh, if you notice, we put that list out uh, for everybody to update, you know, their sponsors and everything so we can do those introduction things. Um, and uh, but but the other the other important part of that is so that we know who to mail stickers or you know driver of the week awards or uh, the um, uh, the Hawkeye you know all those class winners which they uh, they'll be getting dog tags which are very very cool uh, I don't know if you can uh, put one up now that you, you've done the artwork and everything uh, maybe you could post one in here somewhere or. Or we'll post it with we'll, we'll post them anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I've got it figured out. I'll I'll, sh- I'll put one up on screen that you guys can see. I've got a couple, and they they're in production now, so they should be going out shortly. So you guys will get those. It usually takes about a week, I think. I know. Uh, I know John Hine ordered his champion shirt here recently, and he got that. Uh, he got that. I think today actually he sent me a picture, and it looked pretty good. Oh, cool. So yeah, don't forget uh, those championship. Mine, I and I, I got to talk to you. Because I got to order one. Uh, my name's on the back of there twice, so uh, not that as a winner. You have to order two. Well, no, it's that's okay. Maybe <laughs> I just order half a shirt. But um, but yeah, I finished in the top three. So you know, if you finish in the top three in a division, your name is on the back of that shirt. It's a little bit of uh, you know uh, infamy here, and uh, so it should be good. Um, weekly feature winners. That's what I was talking about here. So uh, let me get back to that. 
uh, and I hope I haven't lost the spot and looks like I did. So I'm going to have to find that and, uh, announce that in a, in a few minutes. So maybe we'll, uh, well, so go on to the next topic. Well, cause I, you're going to do the talking here and I can uh, hunt it up. Well, I was, I was going to ask you how your race went Monday night. I know, uh, I, I, I didn't get it. I wasn't around for rebels. I was having some, some trouble and jumping back and forth. So did you, did you run rebels Monday? Yeah, I ran uh, Rebels on Monday, and I'm trying to remember how I did. Um, how did I do? I guess you didn't win. Well, I didn't win. I did, wasn't up near the front. I think I had some frustrations. and uh, No, I stayed out of trouble for the most part, and I think I finished 12th or 11th. I finished one out of the top 10. His goal is to make the top 10. And um, I just tried to you know, stay out of trouble and uh, keep the incidents down. Because, uh, you know, I'm... I'm uh, G-Man and I are going away uh, fishing. Uh, we're leaving Friday morning, and uh, we will miss another Monday. So him and I have only made, like, the last week was the only one of the first four. So we don't have any drop weeks. We can't afford to be uh, getting off to a bad start IL-wise, that's for sure. Yeah, and I, but, and oh, I must... I, I did recently well because I think I'm 22nd in the standings in Rebels, which isn't bad if you've only been out yeah. once in the first three weeks. That's so. very true. And, and yeah, especially yeah. If, if everybody isn't aware, drop weeks don't kick in until you hit the threshold. So, obviously, if you if we've run three weeks of the season, those three weeks count for everybody, including Roger, who only has points in one. So, uh, And I'm, gl I'm glad you mentioned the IL, too. That's something to keep in mind. Uh, if you're racing on Mondays, those transfer rules are in full effect now. So if yep. you're, you need to make sure you know what your IL is before you transfer, otherwise it does result in a suspension. My race Monday was going quite well. Um, it was actually we we I had a really hard time with the setup at first, and I, and I actually reverted back to an older one, and it ended up doing me great. I think I started eighth and uh, had worked my way to the front and was working on passing Aiden for the lead and had a little neck code. We were running a little cl too close together and. I think netcode may have played a little part, and we, uh, I, no doubt, Aiden took the worst of it and got punted to the back, and I ended up staying up front. And then it was about five laps later, Beagle and I were swapping sliders, and I got into Beagle, so that didn't, uh, that didn't go well. And then I, so I, I wasn't real happy with myself. I was going to pull off because I don't like to take guys out. Um, I don't think Beagle got it too bad, but I was just going to pull off. I didn't want to be that guy, so I went to pull down off the track. And I uh, smashed into Stephen Goldner trying to get off the track. So I, yeah, I went on my apology tour Monday night. So if any of you guys are watching, I, again, I'm, I'm sorry that, uh, that you took the brunt of my rough night. But, uh, you know, it happened sometimes. It was unfortunate it happened on the night I had a really good car. But it is what it is. You know, we're, we'll keep moving on. So uh, the race has been really good. And, and actually, you, you uh, triggered my mind here when you were talking about a good setup. So I went back to an old setup from... Um, uh, two seasons at least ago, and I changed the gear, uh, and I just hit it like I was, I was, I was really doing well, and um, and, and which I finished uh, P10, so I think somebody incidented out just before the end of the race. I finished in the top ten, so I transferred to Renegades, you know, which hasn't happened in a long, long time. Anyways, I get into Renegades with this setup. This setup is so good that I just. I didn't use a qualifying setup. I used this setup and just put two gallons in. And, uh, and in fact, I used the same setup for the feature, just added more fuel. But um, I qualified fifth 
in the in the Renegades. I've forgotten all about that when you start talking about the I setup. That too. I qualified fifth in the Renegades. Can you believe it? Yeah. No, I dropped I dropped to the back pretty quick, and uh, you know it's uh, you know the night went downhill from there. But <laughs> I, that was enough for me, right? I, I made the Renegades. That was good. But when I qualified fifth, uh, you know, it's just uh, hey, you know. We'll yeah. Look out for Craig. You know, he's coming. <laughs> you know the the new track where I has found it to be really unpredictable. Like it's it's you know. Oh, now I, you're I, trying to take it away from. No, me. no, no. I'm not. I'm not talking <laughs> about that at all specifically. I, it's just to me that like I don't know what yeah. setup that I throw in. Like I go in a practice yeah. session. It, it yeah. almost seems like to me the weather plays a bigger role now. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's true or if it's just you know it, it's a too yeah. small a sample size to really know. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, I, well, I, I say that because I've been qualifying much better than I used to, too, and I can't pin on a reason as to uh, You know, my qualifying, like, on uh, on Wednesday nights and stuff, when it's so critical, you know, with 35, 40 cars, and I'm right at the bottom. Like, you're in the hole before you start. But, you know, that that, that, that setup on Monday night proved that I'm just a setup away from being, like, a, a, a renegade contender. I agree. <laughs> you're, you're making a joke, but I agree. I, I think a lot of guys that run Rebels and even Raiders think that they can't compete there. But I think Dean Dean's going to mention it in our interview, so I'm giving something away. But if you get around guys that run better, you run better. It's it's it happens, and so I yeah. think I think sometimes guys underestimate their actual abilities. Um, so so I would say just based on that, don't if you have the opportunity to transfer to Renegades or Rebels or something. Um, make sure your aisle's good. Make sure you're, you know, you're going to be able to run clean. Yeah. But uh, other than that, don't, don't, don't sit out because you're intimidated by it. Because I, I can guarantee you, you'll probably surprise yourself. Okay. You got those so feature have, winners for us. I have the feature winners for you. So here they are. Last week's feature winners. Congratulations to all. Uh, we'll be sending the stickers out to uh, all of those that qualified. Uh, Renegades. John Hine was the winner. Uh, Rebels, Nick Vickery. Raiders, Austin Stern. Austin's, uh, uh, he, he was with us a while before. He's a good runner. He's going to be moving up for sure. Oh, and another one too, Rustlers, uh, David Lester. Lester's won, I think, we've had three weeks. He's won all three weeks. So he's in the wrong division. I think it was, probably, it was an IL issue. So hopefully he's got that under control. Well, if he's leading most races, he should have it under control and he'll be moving up. Uh, Topless Tuesday, Dan Vaught. Not a big surprise there. Uh, hometown heroes 305s. We had we talked to him last week again. Not not a surprise. Trent versus Straten. Um, the 360s. Kyle Moonen. You know, so he's he, not making it out Mondays. Oh, and I meant to follow up and see where how those guys made out last Monday. I I haven't uh, checked the standings, so uh, we'll have to get an update on that to see how all the guys that are doing the pro qualifiers are doing. For sure. But uh, Kyle won the the 360. Uh, the, this. Oh, and then we had. Uh, no, that's this week. Never mind. I'm talking thinking of the toilet bowl. And then we had uh, small small block was Blake Chapman. Uh, big block was Nick Vickery again. You know, same name show up so often. And pro late model Steven Spees. Uh, Fix three sixty Jeff Flero. Uh, retreads Jeff Barker. The man is on a terror. I'm telling you. And uh, Aiden Young won the pickup cup. Tim Ch Tim Chapman. Tim Chapman cool. won the that. That cool. piston cup. And Zach finished second. The first one-two father-son uh, finish that we've uh, we've had. So so Tim got a sticker before uh, Zach, which is uh, there you, you go. Know, <laughs> yeah. But so and of course, Roadrunners, no surprise there. Uh, Bob Light is back and in, in full form. So uh, 
congratulations to all of them. Uh, the stickers are should be, uh, uh, you know, coming your way. And uh, then we'll want to get some feedback on what are you doing with them? Are you putting them on your car? Are you putting them on your rig? Oh uh, yeah, we know. need to see pictures. Actually, yeah, I tell you I what, if if you if you guys send us pictures of your uh, your feature winner stickers, I'll make sure they're included in the podcast for sure. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll display that at some point. It'd be interesting to see where people are putting them, you know. So, uh, anyways, uh, so yeah, congratulations to everybody there. And uh, driver of the week, I don't have the names. I know Gary Taylor won the first driver of the week award, which is awesome, you know. So, uh, kudos to Gary and. Um, yeah, so next thing on the list here is there has been another major development off the track. Yeah, so... Uh, off our track. Th- this, this is really, I guess I'm being a little selfish because I'm just trying to pump up my uh, my Facebook numbers, really. But uh, obviously, I, we've talked about I bought a cart not long ago. Things are, are really starting to progress there. I've reached out to a couple of the... I've only reached out to a couple of potential sponsors, and both of them signed on within a day. So uh, I've gotten it's I, I can tell you it's a it is a wild feeling having somebody hand you a check and, and to go racing. It is it is a very surreal moment. Uh Back has said to me the other day he's like that's not a feeling many people get to have. So I'm I'm very grateful. I've got a lot of good people that are very excited about this. Um so if if everybody would be willing, it would help me out sponsorship wise. Go look up my Cranmer Motorsports Facebook page. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, so follow whichever one you like. Um, but uh, that that helped me out quite a bit. But we're uh, we're we're getting excited. So now that we've got a little bit of funding, we're starting to prep the cart for the actual division I'll be running in. The goal um, now we've had a couple of uh, setbacks outside of the racing thing, so I'm not sure where that'll land. But the goal is to uh, to get started actually this season. A couple of shakedown races before next season starts. So I'm looking to start November sixth, which. Uh, unfortunately, I was planning to go to the, the World Finals this year, but it uh, looks like I might have to take a rain check on that because I need to get the card on the track. So planning to do that. There'll be another race, a turkey trot race, in at the end of November, and that'll be it for the season. So just hoping to get everything ready by then, but uh, it's it's exciting. And, uh, again, it's just kind of a surreal feeling, you know. It's it's weird. So That's cool. So, I mean, we'll have to have sessions of Cranmer's Corners here. Uh, we've had Connor's Corners, and uh, Connor's not with us. Uh, but I, I would, you know, I, I'm really, uh, he, I think last week was his last week. And I just said like, you know, go out big, just a constant improvement. Let's have a, you know, personal best P five finish. And I, I, think, is, I, I think, think if you hadn't said that to him, I don't know if he'd have been able to do it. You think I, I was I, the inspiration? I think, I think you were the inspiration that there, did it. There you so go. pat yourself on the back, Roger. Yeah, no, it was a, so he had a P5, which was, I think, by far his personal best. Yeah, it was yeah. like 15 cars. I mean, so he's passing cars. And um, I think his they have two features every time they race. And I think the other one was P7. Like, not shabby at all. What a great way to end his season. Yep. You know, so... Uh, uh, looking forward to uh, seeing what he can do next year. I think uh, you know everybody's still behind him. It sounds like he'll he'll be back on the track next year. And uh, yeah, I, I want to see him at Ashwikan and in some dirt stuff. But oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I have to talk to him about that. What what are the chances? Because oh, I'm sure uh, Daddy's money can make that happen. Daddy's money. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, congratulations, Connor. We're all proud of you, and yeah. uh, you, you did a phenomenal job there. And, uh, and you need to get on here and break down the race for us because we're all dying to hear yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, we'll have to get him on next episode and get Connor's Corners back. and Because uh, he, he's kind of been AWOL with a lot of this stuff and admitting and everything else because he's been busy with 
you know, real world racing stuff. And of course he's back to school too. So that, and he's got a girlfriend. I mean, there's all those things, but, um, he will be back and, uh, we'll, we'll get him back on Connor's score. We'll do a breakdown of that, uh, that awesome finish this season. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, I think we should, uh, go ahead and finish up our portion of the show and go over and talk to, uh, to, uh, well, Buddy too, and then Dean Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, it, great interview. Please don't please go don't, away. Don't, don't leave now. In, in fact, you if you if you should have done anything, you should have skipped this and gone right to Dean because uh, Dean is yeah. an interesting guy. Now we tell you. And I t- <laughs> yeah right. And I, and I'll tell you, I, I learned quite a bit. There's things I didn't know that Dean explained. So he's a real accessible guy. Uh, it's a great interview, and uh, we'll see you back here for episode 49 next week. Until then, have a good one. Drive safe. We are here again with Dean Reynolds. This is uh, round two, round one. We had a great interview, uh, but unfortunately, uh, there was uh, no vocal stuff on it. So uh, there were technical issues, and we lost it. And we really, really appreciate Dean <laughs> having the patience to come back a second time. So how you doing, buddy? So is that the version of a net code on a podcast? <laughs> That's exactly what that is. That is the best explanation I've ever heard. <laughs> No, I, I'm doing good, and my apologies for not freeing up my schedule to, to try to to uh, get on back on. But uh, and, and ironically, my busiest week of my life is coming up next week with Super Dirt Week, and yeah. we found time to to do this. So I'm glad to be on. So, uh, well, there's a few things we want to talk about. We want to talk about your eye racing because you've really, really been uh, cranking it up a bit, and you almost won your first feature the other <laughs> the other day. Uh, I'm trying to remember, was that a matinee or whatever? I can't remember, but you were leading the I whole actually, race. I actually got second in the matinee to Justin Sick uh, uh, earlier in the day. It was at USA. That's okay. And yeah. uh, I was right there with him. And then I led 28 of 30 laps of uh, the night race. And, uh, yeah, it was just so fortunate that uh, with the invert, I wound up in the starting second in the heat, and I won the heat. And then uh, I had the two Chapmans behind me for all 28 laps. With That's Blake. right. It's just so good. He was so good. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, in hindsight, I probably should have went low in terms one and two, but I ran that line all race and it worked for me, so I just stayed there. And yeah, you know, he got me and he earned it. And I, I guess if you're going to finish second, finish like the big Blake Chapman. Yeah, yeah, uh, nothing yeah. changed up there. No, and, so it was uh, a lot of fun. I mean, to get an interview, that's for me. That's yeah. that's really cool. Podiums are. I'll, I'll get a win sooner or later, and that would have been a nice one with a full field, but. Uh, being on the podium was really cool. Well, no, no offense to Blake and Zach, but I was pulling for you, buddy. You know, got, us old guys got to <laughs> okay. stick together. And, uh, uh, you you know, I wanted you to put a beating on those kids, but it didn't work out that, that well, time. Well, it's that. always cool when a retread eligible driver can win on the, uh, oh, on the races. <laughs> there's a whole fan club if you do, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it's great. But, uh, no, you, your, your driving has been great. And, uh, you know, I know you've run into some tough luck uh, like we all do, I guess, from time to time. But. Uh, but that was a great performance. When you're finished on the podium with those guys, you know that you're yeah. doing it right. So uh, kudos on that. But uh, I appreciate you know, we, we could ramble on about that for a lot. But I really want to get into, because um, I'm going to admit, you know, I'm, I'm north of the border. And, and this season, I mean, I can't even, you know, get to any of the stuff. And Empire Super Sprints aren't up here. And that's so now, let's talk about the two uh, leagues that, that you're you're. Are you vice president of both of those? I am vice president. Of, bless you, there, Preston. Yeah. I am uh, vice president of. Uh, <laughs> that's all right. That adds life to the to the podcast. Uh, vice president, of Empire Super Sprints, and then I'm director of Dirt Car Northeast and the Super Dirt Car Series. So, but my full time job is with Dirt Car. 
Um, so I'm very fortunate to have a full-time job in racing. And, uh, you know, awesome. when there's when there's events head-to-head, I have to be at the Dirt Car Super Dirt Car Series event, of course, because ESS is just the uh, a hobby type thing. But I enjoy both, and I'm fortunate. My full my full time life is uh, you know job is in racing, and you know I don't. It's an eighty hour a week job, yes, but I'm not on a roof. I'm not laying down shingles. I'm not digging ditches. Uh, you know there could be worse things to do. So well, it, it's kind of it's kind of like Clinton Jeffrey says uh, at Ash Weekend. Like you know, I got the best job in the world. You know, I'm doing what I love, and they're paying yeah. me for it. Yes, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. that's awesome. But uh, you know. I would like to get my head around more, and I'm sure a lot of the viewers would too. Just uh, what you know, the Empire Super Sprints, which, which is an awesome series. Uh, let's talk about that one first. So, um, get, give me yeah. some background on the whole thing because I know they come up here, but like, how many races a season, and is there, you know, the how's the championship work, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, ESS has actually been around since uh, 1983. I came aboard in '92. And did their public relations work. And then in uh, 2006, uh, the president and the, and the leader of ESS, Dick Carberry, decided to retire. Even I was still the PR guy, but Chuck Miller, who was actually the acting president, he is a full-time postal worker. He just retired this year, but he just didn't have enough time to, to do all the correspondence with the promoters and set up the schedule and, and so on and so forth. So in 2006, I wound up becoming vice president just to give me a title because we actually are a non-profit, not-for-profit organization that are run by bylaws. And I have to have a title to have a decision-making uh, <laughs> decision factor in the club. So since 2006, I've kind of run the day-to-day -day operation of ESS. But we run between 26 and 30 races a year. And uh, we usually go to Quebec twice. Um, we'll come out, uh, we'll go to Brockville, we'll go to Cornwall. Unfortunately, the last couple of years we haven't gone to Maryville last weekend, but we always we always have a big part of the Canadian Sprint Car Nationals. Actually, we'll bring 16, 17 cars, yep. which is more than any other organization, to the Nationals. So, uh, so Canada is very important. And this year we got 16 races in, um, but of course none were in Canada. And we, you know, Jordan and Steve Poye like to run our tour, and uh, yep. uh, Chris Jones will run several races. Uh, Elaine Bergeron will run several races. And there's others as well, Tyler Rand, um, Paul Piconin, but, you know, we didn't get to see them. Our, you know, our car counts were good. We were between 20 and 30 all year, but if we can get five or six Canadians, we'd be right where we want. But we had a good year. We had a good title fight with Jason Barney and uh, Paul Cole and Giovanni going right down to the last race. So it was a good year. Very familiar names, that's for sure, and uh, especially from the Canadian Nationals. Really hope, uh, you know, next season will be different and uh, – uh, you guys will get up here, and I'll, and I'll get a chance to get down there and then actually, uh, you know, meet you and uh, and see some of the action down there, and you know, get down to Weed Sport and some of the, you know, the tracks I'm hearing about or I'm on, and uh, you know, just go and experience them uh, in real life. So, so uh, that's cool. And it's been a, from what I've seen, you know, following uh, some of the results, it's been a great season. Uh, yeah. Very, very competitive and uh, and uh, really went well. Um, what about t tell us about the dirt series now? So you're the Northeast. Yep. Yeah. So uh, you know, dirt car sanctions you know uh, twenty five tracks, and of course we we sanction the sportsman class at Humberstone and Merrittville. So we consider their dirt car sanctioned tracks. So I oversee the sanctioned tracks and the sanctioned divisions, and then when we have series races, I'm the one. I'll go to a lot of the series races. Now, of course, I have staff, really good staff that handles all the uh, events and. I'm just sit back and overseer, but 
you know, a big void, of course, has been Dougie Leonard. We haven't had Dougie at all. He's my main uh, race director, but John Nelson and Corey Reed have filled in. So, um, Super Dirt Car Series, we've had, uh, I think, 18 races this year. Again, we missed going to Canada. We were supposed to have events at Oshawigan and uh, up in Quebec and Cornwall and Brockville as well. Uh, so we miss all that. But we've had a good year. Uh, and now we're getting ready for Super Dirt Week, which culminates our year before we go to Charlotte. And right now I'm trying to park 250 cars and going to finish that up tonight and get ready. And uh, uh, I'll be up at the uh, Oswego on Saturday and Sunday to help out. And uh, while I'm doing race directing at Fulton this weekend as well. So... <coughs> Excuse me. So it's going to be, you know, there are 18, 19 hour days coming up, but you know what? That's, that's what we work all year for Super Dirt Week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so tell, tell me a little bit about the format of Super Dirt Week. Is it, is it a week long like points competition or is it just one back to back race? Is that, that the big deal? It, it, it's a week long deal where there's qualifying time trials and then heats and then last chance showdowns that lead up to the finales on Saturday and Sunday, the 358s. 20,000 to win is headline on Saturday. Then on Sunday, we come back with the sportsmen, the pro stocks, and then, of course, the Billy Whitaker 200, which pays 50,000 to win. Um, they're all single events as far as championship points, but because we have so many cars, right now um, I have the entry list on my computer. I was up just before we joined. I was up to 67 big blocks, 68 358s, 90 sportsmen, and 28 pro stocks. So the whittle all that down the start fields of fours and 36 and 30 in each of the divisions we run qualifying events all year all week i mean all week so we start with uh time trials on thursday and friday friday night we do heats saturday in the morning will be the last chance showdowns and then it'll be all the features after that and uh it's a week-long extravaganza and fans are will be piling in on sunday with their campers and uh you know we call it the world's uh the you know the world's biggest racing party as well and it really is and uh you know on Sunday, you know, there's 12,000 seats at Oswego, and they'll all be filled, and, you know, there'll be fans all over the place. we got 900 campsites that have been sold out for months. Um, it's just a unique situation. If, if you know, it, it's Super Dirt Week, of course, was at the state fairgrounds at the mile for so many years. Of course, that got taken down, so we don't have a place to have Super Dirt Week, so we moved it over to Oswego, and it's actually been a great replacement. And, and, and for those that uh, don't know, like, Oswego is an as asphalt uh track yeah but they bring in the dirt yeah we have a mountain of clay that sits outside turn two and uh you know we trucked in the clay and it sits there all year round and then uh when oswego's done with their classic weekend which is on labor day they have a food festival the weekend after so we can't lay the clay down until after that next weekend and then what we look for is we look for three days where we know it's not going to rain we lay the clay down in about two days and then we need one day for it to cure and, and dry out, and then uh, once we know we have that, then we lay the clay down, and then it's just nurturing it until we get the cars on uh, next Wednesday. Excellent. Is it is it pretty consistent, the track, from year to year? It has not because of the weather. Um, the weather in October in upstate New York is so unpredictable. Yep. So we've had it tacky. We've had it when first year. It was rough. We're not going to sugarcoat it. It was rough. We called it the Baja 200. Um, but then uh, 2019, it actually took rubber because, unfortunately, while you have 70-degree, sunny-degree days, you know, sunny 70-degree days, that's not good for a racing surface in afternoon races. So we learned that the weather was too nice in 2019, if you can actually say it was too nice. But um, we moved some of the starting times back this year to help combat that, and then hopefully we'll have the uh, surface uh, 
a little bit better and not take rubber and be real racy. Well, and, and, you know, over time, I'm, you know, it's just, it's, it's like our league, you know, we keep learning and improving, yes, uh, absolutely. every season. So it's just, uh, you know, a matter of doing that, but that, that, that's awesome, man. It's just, uh, really, really, that, that's yeah. gotta be exciting to be like, you know, running that show. Man. That's crazy. It, I know how much work it is. I know how much work it is. We don't even have that many members, you know, as, as how many cars you've got out there. And I know how hard it is, you know, just to, to, to manage what we're doing to do what you're doing. Wow. Like that's, that's mighty impressive. Oddly appropriate. They're, it's like herding cats. Just saying. Yeah, it's well, that, that, yeah, I get it. Evidently he's doing my spotting duties again for iRacing. So he's got a spot here. <laughs> so, so I don't but know if you're allowed to answer this, but uh, who's your dark horse to, uh, to win it? Well, I mean, you know, the favorites of course is Stuart Friesen and Matt Shepard. You know, you got to start there with the list. And then when you got Billy Decker and Larry White and Peter Britton and Jimmy Phelps and Matt Williamson, of course, the last winner in 2019, um, you know, with it being a half-mile track, you don't know if you can really say dark horse now. On the mile, you could say a dark horse because that was a money money deal. You, you needed money to run the mile. You needed good motors, good carburetors, fancy bodies. We're on a half-mile track now. So it's really a Saturday night race that's 200 laps and pays 50,000 wins. So it opens it up to so many drivers. So really you could have what you call a surprise winner, but I won't think of it as a surprise because it's a short track event. Right. And that's why now we're getting more and more entries. Like the last year at Syracuse, we had 62, 63, and that's with Canadian influx. If we had Canadians this year, we'd be in the eighties. So, because people now know that they can come with their, literally their Saturday night cars. You know, there's a lot of people that'll come with, Bodies all beat up and wraps all, you know, with tire marks and scuff marks and everything else. They might have fresh shocks and, and tires and everything on them, but it's their Saturday night car. Um, but do you want to see a different winner? Oh, absolutely. You always want to see that. That's that's unique. And then it helps other other teams to say, you know what? He won. Maybe I can do that now. Yep. And uh, so you root for that. But as far as picking a name, there's, there's 20 of them out there that really could win that race that people would call a dark horse. Now, just uh, did I skate that very well? Yes, you did. You did, played that. You might be running in twenty twenty four. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, uh, and pardon my, you know, ignorance in that, but uh, two hundred laps. Can they go two hundred laps, or is there like a caution where they can refuel? What? How does no, that work? We have live pit stops, so that's the only race we hold where the drivers will put in quick fills. So there's live pit stops. You're allowed five over the wall, one catch can. And they just have life pit stops where the strategy is there. Um, Jimmy Phelps tried to do the 200 laps back in 2018. He, he got about 12 laps to the end or 10 laps to the end and, and then ran dry. Well, now we got a rule that if the, if the cautions last four laps, we're going to freeze the lap counter. Because our cautions do last about six or seven laps because it takes that long to get the field in order. And then we open up pit road. And you can't lose laps in the pits, but we could run three laps around the track while they're doing pit stops. Of course, you want to do the pit stop as quick as you can to get in front of the other competition. But if there's other cars in the pits, we'll wait till they get done and get out. But now that we freeze the lap counter, they might do 20 extra laps around that track where the laps don't count. So now the, pits, the, the fuel strategy now is when do we come in to get refueling and try to go the distance? Some teams might try lap 20, some might try lap 40. Some, you know, some actually 
will come in late, like lap 130, 140, change tires and put on gumballs, and then try to come through the field and see if they'll be the fastest car at the end. Why cars that stayed out for those 140 laps might be losing their tires. So it's really a unique situation where there really is pit stop strategy when they come in, but depending on track conditions and weather, that could change that morning. You don't get that in, in dirt racing anywhere else, I bet. No, the only other race that goes 200 laps with a live pit stop is Eastern States down in Orange County, Fair Speedway. Yeah. So there's only two races where teams will have to put in quick fails. There's other 200 lap races, but they have the brakes at lap 100 for fuel right. and tires. And yep. Our mystique is live pit stops. It's always been that way since Syracuse, and we're going to keep that going because that's what the fans want. Yeah, I mean, it's that, that opens the gate for a lot of different competitors, uh, you know, that you may not have the car, but if you got the strategy, uh, you know, it, it, you, you could win the race. Oh, absolutely. That, that could come in. And, and, and even back in the mile, it, it, came, it came there. Uh, Billy Dunn, when Billy Dunn won, he was considered a dark horse, but he was one of those guys that actually pitted late, put on soft tires because he thought the track condition could take it, and actually he started passing cars and wound up winning. And now you see a lot of that in Oswego, though, because uh, it doesn't really eat the tires, even when it locks down. So, so does that have any bearing on the world finals, like uh, the, those results? So that, is it like a, a pre-qualifier yes. for it or anything? No, it, what it is, though, our, our points end at the world finals. So even though this is the Super Bowl and you're going for 50000 plus, the points actually are all the same whether you're running a Super Dirt Car Series race set at say if we ran at Oswegan and the same at Oswego, it's all it's all the same points. So it has a big uh, impact on the points going into Charlotte because Charlotte is our final points. So, but as far as any more points or double points, I don't believe in that. I believe that the points need to be the same race. I don't want a guy to lose a season because he had tough luck on a double point race. It's kind of like I like when you run one fast quick repair in i racing. Because you can always get taken out by something that unfortunate that happens, but you got another chance. And I don't believe in double points or anything like that. So that's why we keep the points the same no matter which race. So, that, so you're saying that you don't think that they're going to implement the chase? <laughs> I, you know, I'm an old-fashioned guy. I, yeah. I, I say you run the whole year, and whoever's got the most points. That's I, right. I, 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 I do like some. Yeah, I, I, I do like what NASCARs. I do like the stages because it adds strategy and. Quite frankly, there's races that go green forever. And, hi, bud. And you need you need stages to maybe uh, add a little bit to the race. But the chase, <laughs> you really want to get on this, do you? Um, <laughs> uh, but the chase, I don't like where it comes down to four guys. And one of the four guys, it might be the track he hates the most. And he might not even have a chance to win the championship because he doesn't like racing there. I, I think you go all 36 races, and here's your title guy. Right. You know, but that, that's me. I, I get what you're doing because the younger generation wants excitement. They probably don't understand how that works all year. I, yeah. I get trying to get new fans. We're, we're a dying breed. You know, we've, we've been around forever. And we're old school, but that's just me. So you said you're, uh, you run the Northeast. But after the Northeast, like from my understanding, that's like most of – like, you know, it's the beasts from the Northeast. So, like, where are they running other than up in the, you know, in New York and in Canada and up, up in this yeah. area? The only other times when we migrate down to the World Finals is Charlotte, and then we go to Volusia. 
you know, in, in, in February uh, in Florida. So, um, you know, the modifieds, you know, it's funny uh, when you when you say modifieds, you think of the UMPs. Everyone across the country think of the UMPs. Those are the modifieds. So people out in the Midwest and the South, they call our cars the ugly modifieds of the North because we're the only area that has them. You know, they they really do. I mean, we think they're the coolest things, but um, they just never caught on anywhere else in the area. And I think the more that's because of the late models. I, I think fans just became late model fans in the other areas of the. Uh, of the country, and that's their forte. Do Do you think iRacing racing has helped at all? And and I ask that question because I I my only experience with Northeastern modifieds was at Volusia the time we went. I had never seen them before. I was aware of them, but never seen them run before. And so, but but they've really grown on me. They grew on me there, and then now that they're in iRacing, racing, like I find myself intrigued by them. Do you think that's made a difference? Absolutely. iRacing's been huge to have the modifieds on there. And, and of course, iRacing, they're called the Super Dirt Car Series Big Blocks and then the Dirt Car 358. Well, we also went to Bristol this year. And when we went to Bristol, um, there was a lot of fans that never saw the Northeast Modifieds race either. Right. And we put on some really good shows down at Bristol. So that be, between that and now Dirt Vision, because we had the modifieds on Dirt Vision down at Bristol, and because of iRacing, we are getting so many fans Uh you know, now that I'm on iRacing a little bit, uh, you know, like Logan Gill is out of Iowa. He's never seen a modified, but he's one of the best in iRacing. And now he can't wait to come to the Northeast to watch these cars race. So, Preston, what you said is exactly what's happened to a lot of people. I mean, you see the, the, the racers from coast to coast. Yeah, there's a lot of people from New York, a lot of people from Canada. But you still have people from all over the Northeast and the other side of the country that will race in coast to coast and run these modifieds. Yep. So it has been very big for us. Now, do do you do you foresee there that it might start to expand some at this point? Now that, like you're saying, it's picking up a little bit. I think I think dirt racing in general. We heard that some at Eldora that it's been a it's been a the past few years. Larson's helped a ton, but dirt racing in general is kind of exploding all over the place. Yeah, and and, and as far as our cars, I mean, they do run a little bit down in Louisiana and Texas. They actually have for a long, long time down there. But their wheelbases were different. The the body styles were a little bit different. Actually, they used to run wings on top of them. Uh, but now they're kind of migrating to the northeast rules a little bit. So you're seeing a little bit uh, like that. Whether you're going to see it <clears throat> anywhere else, I'm not sure. I mean, they are popular in Australia. They do run in Australia. Hmm. Um, that's why Peter Britton is here in the northeast. Because he came on over. He ran modifieds. Him and his brother have been the best down in Australia for years. But he wanted to make a living at racing and running these cars, so that's why he moved to the states, and now he's uh, making a living here. But they are, they still do run in Australia. They got like twenty or thirty of them down there. The rules are a little bit different. They're not big block modifieds. The engines are different, and I think the wheelbase is a little bit different. But the bodies are exactly the same. So, but whether you see that carry on, I don't know because it's tough because dirt racing is so saturated now. Um, you know, and the fans. You really look at the sprint cars and the late models as the countrywide divisions. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if there's room actually for a, a third. I mean, like, you really you look at the UMP and IMCA modifieds, they're all over the country as well. Yeah. So can we really throw a fourth division in that? I, I don't know. I, I don't know if the fans would accept it in other areas. And, and really, they're not the cheapest cars in the world either. I mean, they are expensive pieces of machinery. Mm -hmm. So whether a track wants to take a chance and start them, you know, it would be tough. Now, our sportsman class, we might see a track down in South Carolina start that up. 
because we have crate engines. The crate engines are the same crate engines that are in late models. They are in up modifies. They're the 602 crates. So now you just got to get a modified chassis and body, but throw a crate engine that's all over the country, and maybe you might see that catch on. We got a, a Lakeview Motor Speedway. We ran a dirt car sportsman event in uh, January, at the end of January. Last year, we brought 40 cars down. Well, the owner of the track is actually from New York. So he knows about our, he used to race our cars. So he wants to see if he can start a sportsman class down there. And if he can get five or six interested, he'll actually start it. Crate engine's a crate engine again. We got used chassis all over the place. It can easily be bought. And then if it catches on and people down there like the way they, they race and handle and then more people want to get into it, maybe he can build the division. And uh, we're going to try for that. Excellent. So uh, how did it how did it start? How did the dirt mod give give me a little history lesson on the dirt modifies? Like where did they start and you know, and how did they start? What year? It was kind of a weird deal. The modifieds came from the jalopies that were at every track everywhere. You know, the, the, but it was weird. When it came to the 60s, the jalopies either migrated to sprint cars or then they migrated to modifieds in the northeast. And then, you know, they developed into coupes and coaches in the late 60s and early 70s. And then, the, then they switched to Pintos, Vegas, and Gremlins. And that became the modified. But if you look at old uh, videos of Williams Grove and, and tracks down in Central PA and look at old videos of Orange County or Flemington or Nazareth, it was all the same cars. How they split one way and split the other way, I just don't know. But that's, that's how they evolved. You know, they came from the jalopies of the 50s and then they migrated. And then the big block was very prevalent back in those days. Because you remember, Roger, how many cars did you buy in the 60s, 70s that had a big block under the hood? You know? Yeah. So and so then in the northeast, the big block modified just carried on from there. That's awesome, man. That's uh, I mean the whole thing is just uh, just incredible. So um, it, it's 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 yeah it's it's for lack of a better term, it's almost weird how it developed, but it, it's it it is so cool how it developed because now there's there's hundreds and hundreds of them in the northeast in Canada. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's hugely popular. That's for sure. So. Uh, um, <laughs> I have to thank you too for the support you've shown for our league, you know, and uh, with the two sponsorships, I mean, it, it, it's absolutely huge. You know, we're up to nine broadcasts uh, in large part, thanks to you and uh, really appreciate uh, that support that you've given us. Well, it, it's, it's my pleasure. And as I mentioned before, uh, because I do work a lot of hours and I enjoy it, my getaway is to get on my iRacing rig for an hour or hour and a half on a night. I can only, Really, I've only been running Mondays uh, when I'm when I'm around, so I can run the the 360, which ESS sponsors, and I've enjoyed doing that. And led Charlotte to lap 19, which was really cool there, and and then lost talent. And then uh, you know, and then of course the modified league on Thursday when I you know when I'm available. And, you know, it, it, not it's selfish reasons, Roger, because I do when I get done like tonight when I go to bed, I'm going to do the replay and watch to see how the yep. telecast went yep. and. Yeah. And see Joe try to pronounce the names, which I love, him doing, <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> but you know, it's also for the other racers. You know, they can the same thing. While they're racing, they can have family members sitting in the other room to watch them. You know, or or, or a family member in another state or whatever. Uh, you know, the girl I see, she's at home, and she I send her the link every time, and she watches. And she says she yells at the TV if somebody gets into me, or <laughs> or if I make a mistake, which. 
You know, I, I did tonight in the big block heat. I drove right up on the wall by myself. No, the else the Conti. I took myself out of the Conti in second place. Hit the wall, flipped over, and done. She yelled at me. So you know, but uh, <laughs> but it's my pleasure. This <laughs> this league is a lot of fun. There's a lot of good people. I got to meet a lot yeah. of people and uh, throughout that, and uh, you know, so it, it's been good and uh, uh, good quality racing. And the telecasts are great. And if the little bit of money I help keeps the telecast going, I'm, I. I'm more than happy to do it. Oh, that's great. And, and also, uh, we enjoy you when you come out in the matinees. You know, uh, we don't have uh, the mute, mic mutes, and uh, we always have a we have a good time with some of the comments made back and forth. So it's, it's Yeah, the matinees, I, I, I don't take a lunch, and if I get a little bit where I can sneak for, out for an hour, I say, you know what, I'm going to hop on the matinee and give it a shot. Yeah. And uh, Of course, I was second in points uh, coming into today's matinee, but I couldn't get on because I was busy with Dirt Week, so I... I, uh, I saw Justin sick one again, and I said the only reason why he won is because I wasn't there. So, but uh, <laughs> but they're all fun. Yeah, uh, the only the only class I just can't get a hang of is the late models because for some reason my wheel loses force feedback, and uh, in the late model because the late model is so hard to steer, I get about halfway through the feature and then I'm I'm driving with a wet noodle and I just hang on. So that's why I don't do a lot of late models. But uh, but you know it's it's fun. It, it's just my mind goes twenty four seven. Except for maybe an hour that I'm on that rig, so I enjoy it. And, uh, you guys do a great job. I mean, if it wasn't for you guys doing all the hard work, uh, we wouldn't have anything to do. So well, I'm you. sure. I'm sure it's it's the same as uh, what you do. There's so many people in the background doing, you know, carrying the load. Uh, yeah. That that we you know we wouldn't be here yeah. without them. That's for sure. And um, uh, hopefully in the winter, you know, you it'll be quiet enough that you can make every matinee race and maybe win a points championship. <laughs> you know, so. Uh, I, hey, I, I won one. I think you I just got to show up every week. I, might, I, I might not win, but I, I always seem to, I, I do look ahead. I've actually raced in real life. And I've, in real life, you always say you look a straightaway ahead. Don't look at your front bumper. And I usually finish every race. So that works for points. But the problem is if I go to Charlotte or I got Volusia or whatever, I'm always going to miss something. So, but that's okay. That's all right. I mean, my, my goal is like, uh, you know, like today, coming into the today's race, I was uh, I think sixth and fifth in points coming into three fifty eight race, and I got an eight, so I'm sure that helped me. But yeah. I'm going to miss next week. But that's okay. I get, I see myself in the standings, so that's kind of well, cool. And well, you get two, yeah, you get two drop weeks, so you know it, it's uh, you still got that. So, that's what they're that's there right, for. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So you're yeah. in the hunt, buddy. So I, I, yeah. So so Not we're leading right into it. Totally forgot about that. We're leading right into it, and I know I asked you this before, and I'm very curious to see if your answer has changed. I'm pretending that I remember the answer you gave the first time. So, who, who is your biggest rival in the Coast to Coast Racing League? You know, it's... I think because we developed such a good friendship now, because I just cleaned him out three times at Williams Grove during another league race... And I was—I felt the worst. And actually, because I did that, it told me to become a clean driver. It, it's just and sick. Uh, we developed such a good friendship now. And but there's so many people though that I do enjoy racing. I've been—I've been side by side with Zach Chapman probably more than anybody. Um, Nicholas, I've been side by side with a lot too. Um, but really, it's uh, you know in the big block race today. Uh, before that unfortunate situation that happened, I actually passed Justin Sick and. If you could hear me scream outside my side window. I wow, know. yeah. <laughs> I, I get that. Because he's yeah. so good. I mean, he's, yeah, he's so good. And 
you know, I, I, I don't really have rivals because a lot of guys are, are going to be a little bit better than me because they can race a little bit more than me. But I, I do think I can learn and study. Like, lots of times when we do the practice before the telecast gets on, I'll look at her straighten or I'll look at, at Blake or whatever and see who's got the quick time. And then I'll go in their cockpit yep. and see their throttle control. And that's what I use to learn. And I'm still not going to be quite as fast as them, but then I can say, okay, that's what they're doing. And, uh, and, and maybe I can pick this up. Um, like Beagle. When I knew Beagle was going to get me in the 358 race, I literally let him go because there's nothing I'm going to do to hold him back because he's that good on the bottom. And then I just dove in right behind him and tried to stay with him. Then he got a couple of cars ahead of me, but I watched him. And yep. so for that, that's what I need to learn. Um, but there's just so many good people. Uh, you know, Nicholas and uh, Lance, because they did a wrap. Uh, you know, Preston, we haven't raced a lot. so I, you know, we. And then when you run the sprint car, you're way up there. I'm way back there. So, uh, you <laughs> know, uh, but, uh, but, <laughs> so, uh, but there's, you know, there's good drivers. And, you know, you, you know their traits. You know they're studying where they're going to be good, where they're going to be fast. And so I, I, try to, I, I try to be better on the bottom. Because most everyone's going to be on the top, which means you're not going to be able to pass unless you do a slider. I got a single screen, so I don't really like doing sliders because I don't know if I got them cleared. And then if somebody hits the wall and gets an accident, you're going to get cleaned out. So I actually try to get good on the bottom where maybe by the end of the race, I might be fourth or fifth, and then I can maybe get a top five, except for those times where I might be able to win a heat. And then I start in front of everybody, then I'll try to do whatever I need to do to be as fast as I can. So that's kind of my how I got to do it. All, know, all those to, things you mentioned, all those things you mentioned to me are the best things about league racing. The the continuity you get about racing the same guys, you develop in relationships, but it's also yes. it, it's also you know you're learning the way other guys race and you know <coughs> how they're going to race, so you have mm -hmm. to figure out the way around. It, it's it's I think. You got if you want if you want close to real life the the real life experience at least maybe not the G forces and all that but the actual competition yeah. you got to run leagues you can't you can't just run the officials. Oh yeah, I I've actually now um, in my i racing because I I don't get on a lot and I just want to learn and run clean races. Actually, really, I only run races that are televised now. I really do because I find that I think your cleanest racing is on televised because I think. They do calm down a little bit, knowing that they could look foolish pulling some of the moves on live TV. So there's a couple other leagues or a couple other people that do live hosted races uh, that I'll get on. Like uh, there's a guy named Peter Neuter from SLR that does uh, some racing Saturday and Sunday morning very early. He gets up at eight o'clock and gets on races. That's a time where I can actually get on. I can race from like eight to ten in the morning before I have to leave to go to a race. But his are all televised live on YouTube as well. So, uh, so you'll, but you'll learn and, and, and when you learn with clean racers, like you have in your league, that's the best way. And it's also the most fun. Yeah. You know, you want to be around a lap 30, you want to be around a lap 40. You don't want to be a lap yeah. five and disconnected and, and sitting on your couch having a sandwich. That's not fun. No, for sure. So I got to ask my question. Um, you know, your greatest memory in iRacing, uh, what, what has it been? Oh, that, that's easy now. Uh, well, it was, um, there was a Sunday morning race uh, at Peter Neuter's uh, deal where I won going away. It was a 40-lap race. Um, and I passed Drew Blaze, who's like pro quality, and I passed him. And I almost just drove off the track and retired because I passed him. 
Um, but the last 36 laps were nonstop, and I won by 3.5 seconds. But it was an open setup race where I just happened to luck into the right setup, the right track conditions, and everything worked. But as far as that was fun, but I think the setup won that more than anything else, not me. But it was finishing yeah. second in, in, in your race two weeks ago. I mean, that was, I, I sent that link to my father. My father's 80 years old. I go, Dad, I know it's a game to you, but watch your son. You know, and I sent that to other people. And then, and then the other one was, um, you know, when I led uh, 19 laps of Charlotte with the 360s and Rebels. I, I told you, Roger, I thought I was Rebel material. And yep. Yep. because the Rebels are such, such good quality racers, I became a better racer because I'm racing with them. Yes, that's yes, very yeah, true. no, that's true. Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. and and then, and I just, you know, I, I that was a thrill for me too. To, I mean, I was at the early part of that race, I was running a slider line, and I was pulling away from Kevin Fry. No one pulls away from Kevin Fry in a sprint <laughs> car. I did it for about six laps. Yeah, <laughs> not to my fault. So you know what? Those, but again, those are on coast to coast races. So those are a thrill for me. Yeah, that's really so, cool. And then that my, this this has become a two prong question uh, now going forward. Uh, the next question is uh, goals uh, for you know this coming season. Like, what are your goals in iRacing? racing? Uh, you know, what do you want to accomplish? I, I would like to. You know, th my goal before I, I you know before it gets too long or whatever, and I got to do something different, is to win a three hundred five, a three sixty, a three fifty eight, and a big block race. I want to win. Those are the four classes I run. I because I can't get on enough to concentrate on wingless stuff or this or that. Four tens and pro and the super late models are too hard. I, I'm never going to be good at that because I can't put in the time. So those are the four classes. I do like running a late model because the pro late models are cool. But until I get better equipment, I'm never going to be good in that. I realize that if I get a top ten, I'm happy. But so, uh, my goal is you know, yeah. you know, go yeah, finish sorry, up. No, finish it off. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, my goal hopefully by next spring, because I will have a little bit more time to iRace, is to get a win in each of those four four classes. Now, it, it, the stars got to align for me to do it. I got yeah. to start up front and just have yeah. a good car and just, yeah, uh, hold them off or just find the right groove that keeps them at bay. And uh, that's how I'm going to do it. I mean, I would like to start fifth and win a race. Uh, to me, that would be probably the ultimate or I, I, you know, I, I passed a Preston Kramer or a Lance Ripka or something to go for the win, or or Trent Verstraeten. Well, yeah, he really wants somebody. that rap. You know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Dean, tell us. Uh, I know, I know, we're getting close to the end of our interview here. Tell us how we can watch Super Dirt Car, Super Dirt Week, because frankly, I need to know at this point. I'm not sure if other people are wondering, but I need to know. Uh, it's simple. All our races with Super Dirt Car Series and everything, even World of Outlaws, are all on Dirt Vision. Uh, Dirt Vision's owned by the company I work for, so um, we have what's called the Fast Pass. So it's thirty nine ninety nine a month, but you get everything. So if you do just want to watch Super Dirt Week, thirty nine ninety nine, but you get Dirt Vision for a month, so you can watch all the World of Outlaw races from here on through your thirty days. Um, so if actually, if you join, you might get the World Finals. I, I was that was just running yeah. through my head because <laughs> Super Dirt Week starts on the sixth or seventh. And then the World Finals are on November 3rd, so that might be a good chance to get your Fast Pass and enjoy Super Dirt Week and then some outlaw races and then go on to World Finals. And then, um, But you know what? You might want to keep it all throughout the winter because we do um, races in Australia because our winter is their summer. 
Yeah. So you'll still get a lot of racing to watch. And, you know, as you know, a lot of American drivers go over to Australia. Oh, yeah. You know, to spend, so, spend their winners over there. Yeah. So I got a, I got a question for you on that, though. Um, like, I watched the uh, Knoxville Nationals on Dirt Vision, but mm -hmm. that was a, a pay-per-view. So the world yes. fi world finals won't be a pay per view. No, the the we the um the Knoxville deal was a collaborative. Knoxville's always been a pay per view for years. Well, we signed on Knoxville for the regular shows uh, to do the telecast, but it was always in when you signed on that Knoxville was going to remain pay per view because that's how they've always done it, and they've made a lot of money doing that. So it was in the contracts where. Yes, you can watch all of Knoxville, with the exception of the Nationals. But the price that we charged for Knoxville was a lot cheaper than what the pay-per-view used to be. Oh, really? So when people did come in and say, oh, my God, I said, yeah, but you're still getting it cheaper. Then if you put the pay-per-view price and the $40 together, it was still cheaper than what you would have paid two years ago. Right. So, okay. yeah, but but again, people see that and they want to get on social media and say what they want to say. But, so, uh, but yeah, that that's just the contract that we have with the track. Yeah, a lot of people riled each other up about that. So yeah. I, I have another question, and and we can take this offline or whatever uh, if you don't want to answer it online. But so <laughs> I get a little bit frustrated. Like there's there's flow, there's racing boys, there's dirt vision. Um, is there any chance that? everything can come together at some point in time or are they just, it, it's no, like I, three network TVs. That, that yes. It's, gonna... it's CBS, NBC, ABC. They're all yeah. Fox. They're all going to do their own thing. The, the reason why is because they're, they're all probably making money. And uh, unless they get now, some have bought out some entities like if flow bought out speed shift, um, we kind of took over some of the different uh, local ones and stuff like that. So it is kind of narrowing down, you know. Like racing boys, I don't know how long racing boys will be because I know they cut back a lot of their stuff. And yeah. you know, you got the Speed Fifty One, you got them as well, but they're more asphalt. Um, but I think you'll see it consolidate a little bit. But you'll see the big three and the big four always be there. Um, yeah. I, I subscribe to all of them. You know, the only one I get for free is Dirt Vision. So, uh, so I yeah. yeah. But the rates are good. I mean, the rates are good and. Uh, you know, I, I, I'd rather go to a racetrack live. Yes, absolutely. If it's within a couple hours, I'm going. But it's also nice on a Sunday night that I'm home and there's no races in the Northeast. I can watch Houston's and see the sprint cars. Yeah. So, and, and I'll say the one, the one thing that's really a lot better than it used to be, even just a couple of years ago, the, the price point now hadn't changed a ton, which is, which is important because a lot of places are raising their prices. But the amount of content you're getting on any one of those channels is yes. way higher than it used to be. And some of that's just streaming is easier now with, with networks being more readily available. But um, it does make it much more affordable when you consider how much content you get. Yeah, and with DirVision, what we hope to put us above the others is – a lot of them will just put a camera or a couple cameras at a racetrack and then just shoot races. But if you notice when intermission's on, the camera stays stationary and just sits there and you listen to music. On DirVision, we have a full production staff. So right. when, when there is a downtime at the racetrack, we'll throw on another race that we're covering. We'll put a screen in a screen or we'll throw up some promotional material and stuff like that. So that's stuff that we're doing internally with DirVision, though, to hopefully – the racing people would like to have dirt vision. Maybe if they had a choice, if they're financially can only choose one or two, we hope they can choose dirt vision. Right. And that's what we're going to try to do on our end. Yeah. So I had one final question. Uh, and then uh, Preston, if you've got any, but 
So we've had a special guest on here throughout this uh, interview. Uh, what's the name of the cat? The cat is Buddy Two. <laughs> Buddy Two. I had a I had a cat named Buddy for about thirteen years, and then he came down with a little bit of cancer, passed on, and then um, actually, ironically, Super Derby in two thousand eighteen. And then I, I waited uh, till after um, you know uh, the holidays and stuff, and then you know I do live by myself uh, because I travel and it's just tough to have everything. So um, I, I went to the uh, local shelter and uh, he was a rescue cat and he's uh, FIV positive. So and he was really high strung and he was actually there for a year and they were telling me that you know a couple more months he was actually going to get put down. And so I decided, you know what, I got a perfect scenario because I don't have another cat. Because you can't have another cat with FIV positive, and I don't have any kids to keep them high strung. And I said, "Can I have a trial period? Because I don't want to take him home and tear up if he tears up the place." I had him for two days, and uh, I said, "He's mine." So, and I just love the name Buddy. So he's Buddy Two, and then <laughs> yeah. if I get another one ten years down the road, it'll be Buddy Three. Well, and uh, he's been a real, real good cat. He, he has, uh, he has calmed down. He did uh, do uh, time trial laps around my apartment. And then hop on an end table, come to a screeching halt, and everything goes flying. He used to do that, but now he's now he's fat and lazy. So, well, but he's, he is, he's, a, he is he's, a ham. He doesn't seem to like you very much. Yeah, definitely your buddy. That's that's for sure. Right? <laughs> oh, he's he's friendly game. with anyone that comes in. He's he's been a really good cat. So it's, uh, but yeah, that's uh, he's uh, he's famous on Facebook too. So, well, that's cool, man. <laughs> he's, he's been in and out of the picture the whole there time. So. Hilarious. <laughs> so. well, okay, man. It's been a pleasure, buddy. It's uh, racing with uh, you. I know, like you said, we haven't gotten to run into each other. Well, maybe bad choice words there. We haven't gotten to race with each other <laughs> too very often. But uh, you know, you, you're a, you're an asset to the league for sure in a lot of different ways, and uh, it, you're a fun guy to have around. So uh, we we appreciate you coming on the podcast as well. Well, thanks for the kind words, guy. But it, it's 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 my pleasure, though. It's really is uh, anything I can do to help and uh, give some enjoyment to other people too. That's what it's all about. Oh, we'll get you back in uh, a few months, in around uh, uh, the the dirt finals there, and uh, and uh, we'll we'll have another chat because uh, this has really been interesting for sure. Now, it'll be my pleasure anytime, guys. See, I'll see you. I'll see you on the track, buddy. Yeah, we'll see you later. Take <laughs> yeah, care. Okay. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Take